With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, what's up? This is Dominic D'Angelo of adfreeshows.com, sescoops.com, several co- other wrestling podcasts, but I'm here today. It's a Wednesday. It's Valentine's Day. Heck, it's Lent. It's even Wednesday Night Dynamite, but we're here today with none other than the dog catcher himself, Mr. Robert Karpolis. Robert, how are you, man? Man, what a... There is no other way I would rather spend Valentine's Day because I know for a fact my wife is not watching this right now, so I'm not <laughs> going to get in trouble uh love you honey more importantly sending out some love here to in the chat travis wadlow saying good morning y'all and talking twins uh enjoying the show and new energy man dom the the praise across the board that i've been getting about the show has been really overwhelming uh on valentine's day it fills my heart it does you know this is my valentine today is the rumored innuendo being with all of you guys and uh yes i thank you all for you, the you just made it sad did I? <laughs> you, you just you just made it a little sad. Uh, it was fine and good, and now it's just I'm bottling up my tears right now during the show. So once this ends, I'm just straight up crying. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, Dom, what do we we got a lot of stuff to talk about here today. I'll, I'll steer the ship for you. It's okay, fine. thanks. It's, it's fine. Uh, I, I'm 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 playing the Dom role here. <laughs> Uh, we got. Uh, we're going to talk about Will Osprey leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling. We're going to talk was Bailey snubbed uh, and some of the changes that have happened to the uh, WWE presentation since Kevin Dunn has left, and also the future of Stone Cold Steve Austin. But Dom, what are we starting with 
here today. Yeah, uh, Tuesday night, uh, we had a little bit of NXT as usual, and it was the finals of the Dusty Rhodes Classic, where it's, uh, or, or not the finals, but the earning the number one contendership between uh, the tag titles are on the line against the D'Angelo family, uh, somewhat a relation, against uh, Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin. And hey, Baron Corbin, uh, despite him going up to the main roster, it seems, uh, teasing that, and uh, they won the tag titles, the NXT tag team titles. Uh, Robert, did you get to catch this match? What were your thoughts? Uh, and moving forward here, we're going to talk about the kind of the breakout of Braun Breaker here moving forward. So I didn't get a chance to catch uh, NXT last night. I did watch Vengeance Day oh, okay. and was overly impressed with how amazing Braun Breaker was to the point where I watched a Baron Corbin match and almost enjoyed it, which has not happened in, in quite some time. It kind of highlights the beauty of the NXT formula where you are taking established talent who might not be working properly in their current situation and giving them a, uh, what, what does Bruce always say? A fresh paint of coat. So <laughs> it's great to see that, that Corbin is there. He's contributing. Uh, he's, he's elevating the folks that he is with, uh, both Braun Breaker and in some of the other matches that I've seen with, with some of the other tag teams that they were working with Braun Breaker for a guy who really is in the infancy of his wrestling experience uh, has taken to this thing beautifully. Right. NXT is kind of, you know, they've jerked him around a little bit. They pushed him to the moon as a baby face. They turned him heel. They've now put him in, in this role, but he's starting to feel like a real big deal, Dom, but you, you caught the match. What was your, what was your takeaway from the NXT match? Well, you know, I, th- Honestly, like, you know, when you think of the Dusty Classic, you kind of just think of good tag team wrestling a lot of the, the times. It's like the, you know, DYI and all those, uh, uh, Tyler Baton, I believe, who's the other uh, individual that he tagged with? Iron Tyler Baton, Pete Dunn, DIY. I mean, first of all, folks, after this is done, because a lot of you are here watching live, and we're happy to have you here. Also, shout out to Lou2, uh, 4237, yes. as your full name, who's wishing us good afternoon. Um, go back and look at the roster that was in the 2015 Dusty Cup. So Baron Corbin lost in the finals. But when you go and look at the embarrassment of riches that they had in 2015, they lost to, to Finn Balor and Samoa Joe in the main event. But you had uh, FTR in that tournament. You had uh, you had DIY in that tournament back then. You had Alpha Academy back then. The, the Dusty Tag Tournament has really allowed them to, to elevate a ton of really impressive talent. And Braun Breaker was really kind of the the beneficiary of this one. Yes, and like to to the point of the match itself, just like a hard hitting but like storytelling aspect of it, where you get uh, Tony D'Angelo and uh, Stax Lorenzo like really mesh well together, and you can see why they were uh, such a good tag team together. But then uh, Baron Corbin, the 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 pairing of those guys and the friction or whatever they've ha- kind of had from a storyline perspective, this all really paid off in this match, and it was a lot of energy. A lot of like suplexing and and power stuff where it's just like there was that good blend of like good wrestling, but also good storytelling. And, you know, I think it just paid off in the end with, uh you know, the, the D'Angelo family slamming Braun through the commentary table. A lot of like kind of false finishes where it's just like this is going to be the end here. And uh, the saves are made. And then Braun finally just nails stacks with the spear and gets the, the, 
the definitive three count. And um, it's uh, it really embraced what the new NXT, I think, is kind of all about, I think. And, uh, you know, set set Braun up and set uh, Baron up for like a pretty good runner. And depending on what they decide to do with these NXT titles, considering where Braun's status is, like, where do you think is that going to go there, Robert, coming up with Braun and being on SmackDown, thinking about Raw? seeing Paul Heyman with him and other aspects too. Pretty intriguing stuff moving forward with him. They have made Braun Breaker feel like, uh, I hate to use the phrase next big thing because no one else in wrestling has ever had that moniker before. Because I've never that gentleman, that guy doesn't exist anymore, folks. He, he is, a, he's evaporated like the end of uh, infinity war. Someone snapped his finger and, and he, he vanished like dust. But, that's kind of the fun question right now, because if Braun gets drafted to Raw or SmackDown or sides of one of those brands and has to relinquish the titles, you continue that friction they've been teasing with him and Baron Corbin. It's a very easy from a creative standpoint story to tell. We saw it with the bar when they put Cesaro and Sheamus together as guys who didn't necessarily uh, get along and then they become a great tag team. There's a number of other iterations we, we've seen in the past. It was sort of how Vince Russo booked almost entirely for a while. Bro, the teams, but they don't like each other. That's like 80% of the attitude era, guys. But yeah. if Braun goes up to Raw SmackDown and has to surrender the titles, uh, or they do the time-honored tradition of, of putting somebody else over, they put somebody over strong, helps that new team going forward. But Braun has a great opportunity, whether that is on Raw or on SmackDown, most likely SmackDown. Uh, to to flex uh, his his muscles and show what he has learned, uh, his creative muscles, not his, his physical muscles. That was creepy and weird even on Valentine's Day. Uh, but creatively speaking, you got that coming uh, up though. <laughs> you, you let him you let him on there and see what the what the team can do. He he looks ready made now for big time TV. Well, here's an interesting caveat that somebody saw talking twins breaker best developmental talent since cena orton lesnar and batista robert where would you put him at this thing is that a little uh preemptive to kind of do or pretty appropriate so this is a this is a weird one because you don't think of this guy as being a developmental talent but the best developmental talent was roman reigns yeah. that was a guy who came from college football at georgia tech kind of plucked out of nowhere obviously a uh, generational wrestler he's got the bloodline but he is someone that really showed the benefit of what NXT can build. And NXT has, has waffled back and forth with what their identity is, whether they are a, a brand building for the future or they are a brand that exists currently that switched from black and white to 2.0 and now to this hybrid mix. Uh, I think the other developmental talents that you have to look at would be the, the four horsewomen. Yeah, whether yeah. you know that that combination of, of Bailey and Sasha and, and Charlotte and Becky, who really came into their own as part of NXT, uh, and and right now in in 2024, yes, Braun Breaker is that you put him in day one, he's ready to go. Tiffany Stratton is the name that comes to my mind as she is out of the box, she is ready to go, plug her in in a major major way, and I think she can contribute. Yeah, I agree. I I agree that like to uh, talking twins point that, you know, kind of breaker fits that visual prototype look of Cena, Orton, Lesnar and Batista. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of names that you could really put in that developmental mix to to kind of make that those comparisons too. Uh, yeah. Uh, Robert, you talked about flexing muscles. Uh, let's talk about a little bit of Bluetooth, huh? 
Wow, that was a seamless, seamless transition right there. Uh, but we're, look, we're, we're, there's it's Valentine's Day, guys. You know what the score is today. And this episode is brought to you by Blue Chew. Let's talk about sex. What else are we going to talk about on Valentine's Day? Yes, she wants flowers. Yes, she wants gifts. But we know what she really wants. So, guys, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get the extra confidence in bed. Think of Blue Chew as the NXT for your penis. Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. It is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. The best part, it's all done online. No visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Sorry, I skipped over the next thing. I was going to say something, and then I realized it was in the... Uh, my, my Something popped up on my screen here. Uh, we... Have a special deal for you, our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code RUMOR at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. It's BlueChew.com. Promo code RUMOR to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this very romantic Valentine's Day edition of Rumor and Innuendo. Dom, of all the D'Angelo's we've talked about today, you are by far my favorite. Wow, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, that's only because I hate that gimmick. Do you so much? Okay. Oh, God, do I hate that gimmick? Okay, that's what I'm going to ask. Is that a kind of a gimmick, the D'Angelo family, that can kind of work up on there on the main roster? Moving forward? No, no, that is. It's it's a great gimmick for what they need it for in NXT, but it is so over the top and goofy. And I'm not saying that they do a bad job with it. I think, you know, when I first saw it, I was like, I don't know, Tony D'Angelo, he's made it work. But in 2024, there has to be stuff grounded in reality. And when you have somebody on TV who's, you know, hey, I'm here because my uncle works in uh, sanitation. He pulled some strings. I don't that doesn't make sense. What's even funnier is there are enough legitimate wrestlers over time that that has been their story. That is how Bam Bam Bigelow got into professional wrestling. Bam Bam Bigelow uh, had associations with uh, legitimate organizations up in the uh, New York, New Jersey area. Uh, and some of those folks helped navigate him in through Paul Heyman. A lot of great. Go go check some of that stuff out. Heyman has told that Bam Bam story. Karrion Cross of recent vintage has told those stories of prior uh, rubbing up against some some folks who. Uh, Again, completely legitimate olive oil importer exporters. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just it's a gimmick that you then force whoever they're going up against to have to treat it seriously. And that's where you wind up hurting people. And we've seen that with and I love I love the character in the presentation, but we saw that with the fiend. That mm -hmm. sometimes when you put guys in there with the fiend. It it made it it made a disconnect and it didn't really elevate other wrestlers because you're you're in that that spooky world. You know, Randy Orton all the time would talk about having to go compete in the uh the Firefly Funhouse match when they were or when they were fighting out in a cabin in the woods somewhere, or they put that weird graphic of like worms on the middle of the ring. Right. You you do wind up doing some damage to people that are not within that gimmick where they have to pretend that that's what it is. And that's something in the Triple H era that I'm not as concerned about existing as it may have under previous iterations with other people who have been snapped 
and have been dusted away and gone. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to, I'm going to hate to break that to cousin Tony at the next family dinner, but uh, yeah, I definitely see your point <laughs> when it comes to that. Although I am a sucker for that kind of stuff too. So and there's always the, a place for it. There's yeah. a place for like, you look at our truth mm -hmm. and our truth has been doing this version of, of our truth for a very long time. And it has caught on so well recently because you're getting it in smaller doses. It's more concentrated and there's a direction to it. You know, when our truth was the 24 seven champion, it was funny. He was having a good time, but it was purely a let me up segment. Now right. as part of judgment day, you're going to get a pretty great payoff when you get, I'm guessing awesome truth against priest and Finn. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a payoff for that. Okay. Hey, let's move on here. We got, uh, Mr. Stonehold, Steve Austin to talk about, uh, have you heard of him before Robert? First off, <laughs> uh, he was the guy in the mullet commercial on the Super that's Bowl. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yes. Yeah, so he spoke with ESPN and he was asked about, uh, potentially having a last match or another match moving forward. Not necessarily the last one, but he said, I said, I'd never get in the ring again unless the stars are aligned. And so um, he then says, somehow they all did. And for at the age of 57, I headlined the first night of WrestleMania. I never thought I'd do that. If you had told me that when I retired in 2003, I'd have said, you're crazy. So I'm not going to sit here and say no to anything because you never say never in this crazy business of sports entertainment. Uh, yeah. And like that WrestleMania match, it was such a highlight, I think. Uh, a very well executed uh you, we got a little bit more of what we uh, we were gonna think probably of austin at that juncture and um it's shown that he can still go to to an extent and kevin was a good complimentary uh uh opponent for him so um robert uh he also mentioned about cm punk uh that was the opponent that a lot of people have been talking about and he says i like punk and i think punk likes me so as long as he can take a stone cold stunner Austin said with a laugh, I consider him a great friend, a great guy, and a great wrestler who's had a great career. We'll see. So should it be CM Punk? Are you excited for the the prospect of Stone Cold Wrestling? Media? I would say more nervous than excited just mm -hmm. because Steve Austin had a fantastic career. He was able to come back and have that match with Kevin Owens with some smoke and mirrors. Not as many as you would have thought, but it still was an entertaining hard-hitting match. It didn't embarrass Steve. It didn't ruin his legacy. I'm happy if that was it. I get the idea that you want to see him and CM Punk because it's a match that we never got. In the same way, we never really got Hogan and Austin as a as a one-on-one -on -one match. But for my opinion, in 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 my in my estimation, it's not going to be a very good match. And it's not going to be what it is that we are expecting. If, if him and, and Punk had an interaction, you're able to do something that's sort of smaller, more contained. Hey, that could be that could be really good. But we all remember, unfortunately, uh, when when Austin gave that stunner to the redacted individual who has vanished into space, uh, <laughs> that's the last like that's the last stunner we're going to get of Austin stunning McMahon. And it was that very awkward uh, just flopping on the ground like a fish. Worst stunner of all time, I would say. It was the worst stunner of all time. And it just kind of stinks that that's the, that's the last thing you see. So I'm always hesitant when some of the old timers go in there. But the thing I know about Steve is he is not going to put himself into a position that is really going to potentially tarnish his legacy. Right. We, we saw, and I, we saw it with 
the the Saudi show when Sean came out of retirement, mm-hmm. and it was Sean and Hunter against Undertaker and Kane. That was really difficult to watch, and you don't want Steve or anybody to wind up in that sort of situation. You don't want them to be Willie Mays playing for the Mets. No. <laughs> It's a great, great comparison. And you think about it too. It's like you look at Rock, both Rock and Austin to the top of the game of the Attitude Era, and they have been very selective and very particular about when they decide to wrestle and stuff like that. And uh, it's for the majority of the aspects, it's paid off for them, especially Austin in particular. So um, I'm excited. Yes, the idea of him fighting Punk is something that's been compelling since that WE2K, I think 13 or whatever it was. Uh, pro segment that they had with JR, uh, very compelling. So I know that's always been in the works and kind of the, you have the beer drinking guy versus straight edge guy. There's all that, those kind of elements coming into play. So, uh, very exciting kind of thing to think about. And like Austin said, never say never. So, uh, Roberts, well, you can't, about- it's also never say never. Cause here's a, a little plug for you. And I know you had conversations with, with Rob Van Dam yes. as he's thinking about, how his career is going to wind, you know, wind down or, or, or last matches. And he's talked about wanting to have another match with Foley. Yes. Who Foley mentioned it at the age of 60. He wants to have like a death match. He was saying he was serious about it. And so I pitched that to, I mentioned that to Rob who was already aware of it. And he laid out a very compelling case to why he should be the last opponent for Mick Foley. And um, it involves the WWF hardcore championship. Rob retired it. Foley was the first one. Guess who has that title? Mick Foley has it. Rob doesn't have it. So uh, there's some stakes there. So, uh, yeah, that would be something I'd be pretty pretty well for if it can be well executed, no doubt about it. Consider yeah. that my Valentine's Day gift to you, the cheap plug for your other shit. <laughs> Thank you. See? Weaved it in seamlessly. My heart feels fuller already. <laughs> but I'm going to cry less after this podcast is over. So thank you, Robert. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the WWE presentation itself. This is something I've been wanting to touch upon and get your insight on too. Uh, just from a surface standpoint, Robert, what has stood out to you since Triple H has taken over and Kevin Dunn is out of there? What is it? What are some big aspects for your big takeaways for you? So as, as a, as longtime listeners rumor and you and in you endo, no, I have nothing but the utmost admiration and respect for Kevin Dunn. And I have never like any of my other former colleagues done the insulting, uh, impression of him behind his back that we all may have done. That's a serious allegation, and I would not stand for it. But since he has been gone, you've noticed that there is a freer feeling across the board. Uh, first and foremost, the commentary team has the handcuffs taken off. You don't feel like you're hearing Vince uh, in in his ear. Uh, second of all, we started seeing some more of those stylistic backstage vignettes that were shot more cinematic. Uh, that's definitely, it feels like the inspiration of, of Jeremy Borash and, and what he's able to do. Uh, the the Sami Zayn empty arena interviews that they've done the last few weeks. There's a lot more creativity, a lot more flexibility, a lot more thinking outside of the box. And I, I can't say I blame Kevin, who had been doing this for you know 40 years. Why are you going to rock the boat? You have a format. He's built a beautiful format. If anyone has ever seen a WWE run sheet or it's now been aped and copied throughout the industry from a production end, it's a very clean, very easy to follow show, but you get into a rut. You don't want to change things up. Uh, They've been relying very heavily on the reality presentation of the wrestlers arriving at the arena, showing Mm -hmm. them getting here earlier in the day. Cause you see that if you watch a football game, 
they're always going to show you players getting off the bus, wheeling their luggage. It makes for a, a more authentic style and presentation. So I've really appreciated that component of it since he's been gone. Yeah, I've liked the aspect. Um, those touches have been very nice, that sports-like kind of presentation that comes into it. And then um, I think they've done an excellent job at highlighting the stars that are on that show, the, the, the particular show that whatever it may be, SmackDown or Raw, where it's like they have these sweet uh, video graphics sliding over and showing like showcasing Damian Priest, showcasing uh, Bronson Reed, whoever it may be. And then on top of it, they really hammer the aspect home of showing these name tags at the bottom of the screen for people to kind of familiarize themselves with who these stars are and stuff like that. So they're taking every opportunity to kind of put these, uh, put these superstars quote unquote on a pedestal and kind of, you know, highlight them and, and make them feel like a big deal. So I think that's been great. Um, something else I wanted to touch upon too, was the commentary aspect of it all. I think Pat McAfee has really done wonders in regards to keeping this like fresh, engaging, entertaining. He pops Michael Cole sometimes even on air. And uh, I think it's a really necessary element to, to kind of add to the pro wrestling product nowadays, because something that we've been missing for years on end, I think is a Bobby Heenan and a Jesse Ventura and certain guys like that, that really add that kind of flavor to uh, what you're seeing on television on a weekly basis. So there's a couple things there. First, Pat on Raw, he's a revelation uh, on being on commentary. I loved when he was on SmackDown. He is such a a well-recognized sports figure. He's mm -hmm. someone who brings in other eyeballs, other attention, and his enthusiasm, his giddiness, the, the fact that sometimes he just watches and just says stuff off the top of his head uh, that you as a fan watching at home would think makes it a more interactive experience, whereas some other folks over time have been more polished. You don't really get that. Corey Graves has filled that that Heenan role in a, in a lot of ways because he he is towing that line of of, of being a heel, um, but he understands you got to keep the trains moving. Him and Wade Barrett on SmackDown have been a lot of fun together, and Michael Cole was always maligned for being such a terrible commentator because. Right. He's just the mouthpiece. He's not allowed to, he wasn't allowed to have his own opinions, wasn't allowed to say what was going on in his mind, show his true enthusiasm. It was just, I'm the newsman who's going to be here and talk about what you see on my screen. And we're seeing now a little bit more personality from him, uh, a little bit more just direct engagement of how much he loves this stuff. And it stinks that Kevin Patrick is gone. I think the fans were starting to get used to him. Some people really did not like him. I don't get that. I'm a I'm a big Byron Saxton fan. I like I think Byron. Too, I wish yeah. Saxton was was back on there. Um, I'm curious how long Pat's going to last on Raw because we know when football season comes up, he's got elsewhere to be. It's a three hour burden to keep that kind of energy up. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they decide to bring in a third just to help the 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 lift a little bit but cole and pat definitely get along they're a lot of fun and it keeps even i don't want to say duller segments because that's that's derogatory but segments that are less engaging uh you're at least still paying attention to because you want to hear what, what pat has to say which was the phenomenon that used to happen when Heyman was on commentary yeah yeah <laughs> it's true too it's it's just an added element that i think uh, connects the fans more towards the product when, uh, you know, you have somewhat of a lull or something like that or nothing. You don't, the top segments not, might not be on or anything. So uh, real quick, 
Uh, you, we mentioned Big E and CM Punk last week uh, or yesterday. <laughs> uh, what do you think of maybe incorporating them into something like a new product like WWE Speed to kind of get them acclimated to the commentary basis? Adam? No, I would if no. They, if I was going to use them on commentary, I, they they're they're able to be put on the 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 main main world. We saw what happened when CM Punk was put onto that that other show. Um, his name escapes me. Backstage, yes. Yeah. And then when it doesn't draw ratings, it reflects negatively on them. You want to give them the biggest stage possible uh, and and use him. Uh, there's a there's a comment here from uh, Antonio Santos. The Michael Cole reaction videos we've been seeing reminds me of Mauro Ronaldo back in NXT. So Mauro, yes, he had a lot of enthusiasm. Sometimes it was a little too much all mm -hmm. the time for everyone. Um and you want to be able to kind of modulate and, and find that balance. And you don't want to go too heavily in, in one way or the other. I see that we are running uh, a little low on time. So apologies to uh, Joseph yeah. Wade Walters, who asked that I miss the Billy News and Johnny Disco. Uh, hoping on time for Billy and the CW. We have a couple more pieces to talk about. Unfortunately, Billy and the CW not going to be uh, on the uh, not getting Valentine's Day cards here today, but it's on the agenda know. tomorrow, though. The week is young. It's only Wednesday. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Let's move on here, Robert. Uh, some talk of the, uh, that we haven't covered, too, was the, about the WWE kickoff, uh, WrestleMania kickoff was the aspect that Bailey wasn't there, who is clearly the number one contender and the challenger at WrestleMania for the WWE women's uh, championship against uh, EO Sky. Um, Mickey James even said on Busted Open Radio, she says, I would have been a bit slighted. I felt like it was a bit of a slight in a sense, not just the women's division, but to her. Um, Robert, I kind of thought it's a little tough to squeeze everybody in there when you're kind of thinking from a promotional standpoint. Uh, they want to get the reality show of Bianca and Montez over. And then on top of it, you also have the building new stars such as a Rhea Ripley and making her feel like a big deal. So that confrontation with Becky, but I want to get your thoughts on it. Did it should Bailey feel slighted? And what do you think about all that going on? And was she snubbed? No, she wasn't snubbed because the last time that we had seen her was when she turned on EO and made the challenge for WrestleMania. And the WWE putting her on SmackDown and allowing her to acclimate, feel the audience, find her positioning would not have worked at the WrestleMania press conference. There was already too much going on. She was given a really nice, strong moment on SmackDown. I understand why she may have felt slighted. However, I think she understood from a narrative standpoint, putting her out in the ring in front of everyone to tell her story, to, to share that moment was more important than being one of the people that goes out there and waves at the press conference. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I think uh, the aspect, her road to WrestleMania is going to be very, uh, I think, engaging for fans because I think people have been kind of underlyingly clamoring for her to become a babyface again because she was so good at it, like starting off. And everybody thought she was going to be the female John Cena in a lot of ways when she first came up. So, uh, you know, maybe we'll get a pretty good payoff when that when that comes uh, Philadelphia time. John Cena, not a hugger. Not a hugger, no. So, Bailey? Why get along with him? Bailey? That was the gimmick. That was a rough gimmick to have. <laughs> right. Guess what? Your gimmick is you have to go hug wrestling fans. Hug people all the time. <laughs> yes. Uh, those hugs should have been sponsored by some sort of deodorant just for her safety. Oh, right, right guard or something like that. Did degree. Okay, here we go. We'll close it out with this here, Robert. Claudio Castanogli. Nogli? Castagnoli. Wow. Claudio Castagnoli. 
Yeah. Oh my God. With a guy like named Dominic D'Angelo, the fact you that you didn't get it. Claudio Castagnoli, like, come on, man. I deserve anyway, a European uppercut for that one. What is what did Cesaro have to yes. say? That's probably why they should God damn it, no one can pronounce Castagnoli. How do you say that? It sounds like a dessert. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> All right. So he talked about Will Ospreay. Uh, speaking with Adrian Hernandez, also not again, not to be confused with Seattle Slugger, former Seattle Slugger. Uh, I'm sure there was something for Will where it's like Tokyo Dome, New Japan. He's been there for, I believe, it was seven years. There's the same thing of like, okay, I've done this. I know I can do this. I, If I want to challenge myself, that's always the scary part. Do you choose comfort or do you want to challenge yourself and take the leap of faith? So, yes, Osprey is kind of uh, reported to have a match here coming up even at uh, Revolution. We might even see him tonight. Uh, and He'll be a talking point tomorrow for us. But, uh, Robert, real quick, uh, just kind of thinking from that aspect, it is a leap of faith, I think, particularly <laughs> where you think about maybe he should have went to WWE or him going to AEW. Is he going to get lost in the shuffle? He's not going to get lost in the shuffle because he is uh, he's a complete player. Uh, to, to continue in our, our baseball world here. Uh, he is a guy who has all of the talents necessary to be a major, major star. Osprey is not at all in risk of being lost in the shuffle the way that others are. He's a, he's a dynamic promo that connects with the crowd. He puts on fantastic storyline driven matches uh, and his look, you just see that guy and you go that he must be somebody. It's yeah. kind of what they used to say about, about edge. It's like, you just look at him and you go, that guy must be a, a a person somewhere. So yes, there would have been a comfort of staying in New Japan, continuing to cash a check. Uh, he wants to come uh, be a, a weekly feature. It used to drive me nuts watching Dynamite when he was on because I'm like, this is the best guy you have, and then he's going to be gone then for he's like gone. months at a time. Uh, they need somebody to fill the Kenny Omega slot. They need somebody to fill the MJF slot. They need somebody who is going to be your a one baby face since that probably is the, the direction they're going to go with him uh, or potentially if swerve is now stepping into that a one baby face role Osprey as, as the heel going after him could be a hell of a lot of fun. hundred percent. It could. I think that's a great point too, where he can, you don't want to say it'd be the sur or the supplement for Kenny Omega, but he does fit that role where it's like top guy you want the uh, athletic it can do crazy stuff people are already associated with them you want to associate them more uh did i made it a real quick note too about uh you know on raw we had a little vignette of uh andrade coming back i think uh it would behoove tony khan to kind of do that a little bit more somebody with an osprey kind of get them more implement implemented into the uh the mainstream focus so uh something to kind of think about on there but yeah uh it'll be Hopefully they do Osprey justice. He's such a talent. He does exude charisma throughout the, uh, you know, on television. So it'll be uh, pretty cool to see him nonetheless on a mainstream wrestling product. All right, Robert, yes. what do you have to plug this week? Huh? What do I have to plug uh, today? <laughs> today, uh, yes. today is Valentine's Day, guys. And here's the thing about Valentine's Day: if if you if you don't have a a, a partner, significant other, the holiday is about love, letting your friends, family, people you know that you appreciate them. How is that for some positivity coming out of me, of all people? I don't know what's going on here. Um, I've got another podcast called Russell Roast that is part of the the ad free show cinematic universe. We are part of the Conrad verse there. Uh, it drops every Friday. Feel free to go and and check that out. You can follow me on Twitter. If you're not already at wwcreative underscore ish and as always we are honored and privileged to be part of podcast heat 
who is streaming us as well as on the ad free shows, YouTube page. And, and lastly, in the vein of spreading love, feel free to go to your favorite podcast platform and, uh, give us some five-star review, write something nice. Let us know that you're, you're digging what we are doing here at rumor and innuendo. Dom, you got anything else before we uh, head on out of here? Yeah, just check out, uh, follow me on Twitter at Dominic D'Angelo, but be sure to check out uh, One of a Kind with RVD. Go to rvdtv.com, hit subscribe, hit some likes on some of the videos that we have up there. Uh, I got the full episode, latest full episode. Some clips are coming to more clips, more full episodes from the previous back catalog that we have. Uh, Let's get some traction on that. Uh, Gagne Magnum, straight talk with the boss. Go to gagneandmagnum.com. Like that YouTube channel. Uh, tune into that. We talked the WrestleMania kickoff this week. We go really in-depth uh, in this week's episode. It should be a lot of fun, too. Other than that, that's basically it. Hit, go to scoops.com. Get your re- latest wrestling scoops there. We're happy to have them uh, along for the ride with us, and I'm happy to be writing for them, too. So uh, that's about it, Robert. Man, man, I cannot wait to celebrate the rest of Valentine's Day alone. Well, uh, I'm have, what a way to end this. I was going to say something <laughs> nice and you just, and now I just picture you just sitting in front of your screen waiting until it's noon tomorrow for us to come back <laughs> here. Uh, you don't know. Guys, guys, <laughs> do me, do me a favor. On top uh-huh. of everything else I just asked you for, go on, go on the, the, the Twitter gimmick, go on the X, go to at Dominic D'Angelo, send him a little love. Send him that you, you like him. You can lie about liking his hat, whatever it is you want to do. Uh, so on behalf of the incredibly likable Dominic D'Angelo, I'm Robert Karpolis. Best of luck in your future endeavors.